The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, my very special guest is Colin Sprake. Colin is a new friend of Leading Conversations, and we're very excited to have him here. He is sometimes called a business Sherpa, and sometimes he's called the business acceleration renegade. And when he's not called that, he's the CEO of Make Our Mark Training, which teaches people how to be successful in life and in business. Colin is known as a no-holds-barred, no-excuses coach, and we're here today to learn some of the secrets. Colin, welcome to Leading Conversations. Cheryl, it's my absolute pleasure to be with you, and thank you for the opportunity today. It's great to have you here. Where are you today? I'm actually in Vancouver, Canada, in the beautiful rainy city right now, and tomorrow is meant to be gorgeous, so in Vancouver. Wonderful, wonderful. Is that where you live? Yeah, I live in. I live down on the coast, uh, down south of Vancouver, about 45 minutes from Vancouver City. Oh, nice, very nice. So, let's talk a little bit about um, how you got into this business. Um, you know, way back when, you had experiences in your childhood that actually formed your approach to life, and they weren't necessarily wonderful experiences. Tell us how your childhood influenced who you are today. Yeah, Cheryl, thank you so much. There's so much to talk about in my childhood. I'll keep it short. I think that the key thing for me, Cheryl, is that, of course, I went through extreme bullying as a child uh, and as a young teenager and you know, attempted to take my own life twice. A lot of people don't know that. And that really, you know, and thank God it didn't, you know, in many ways I say thank God that never happened. But the big yeah. thing is it got me on a path of self-discovery, wondering why, why, why I even feel that way. And I ended up you know, going to an event with John Kehoe, a really world-renowned trainer in my, in my you know, mid-teens. And I got to meet him. And from there I realized that, you know what, I can shift the way I do things. I can shift my life. I don't have to be suicidal. I've never been suicidal since then. And, you know, I looked at that change and that shift in my life, and I'm, I went, you know what, my, every single business I've started, every single business I've been involved with has always been around helping the underdog succeed, helping those people believe that, you know, that what's impossible and showing them that actually it is truly possible, that they can, you know, live the American dream, live the Canadian dream and be successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just so many things, so many nuances, so many little pieces of this 
um, or facets of this diamond that need to be put together to really create this beautiful diamond for each human being that they are. And some people don't believe they're a beautiful diamond. I show them really how to uncover that diamond, how to put together all the facets so they really become that shining star for their family, their business, their life, everything. I love that, the beautiful diamond. So, so you know, how old were you when you attempted suicide? I was 12, actually I was 12 the first time, and uh, I think it was about a year later, 13, 13 and a half, when I attempted the second. Hmm. And so, did you have some sort of adult help to, besides, before you got to John, did you have an adult in your life who said, you know, things can be different, it doesn't have to be this way? Yeah, very much on my granddad, I, I, I... my granddad on my mom's side was one of the most special human beings in the world to me. And he died the day when I was, when I was 18 years old. But he got mm. me from where I was to, you know, to really making a big change in my life. And I'll always look back at him and I, and I thank him immensely every single day. I give gratitude to him for mm. having been part of my life. And sadly, he's still not part of my life, but part of it in a very spiritual way now for the guidance that he gave me and uh, really got me on that path to really looking at things differently. And he started the Institute of Marketing Management in South Africa. And uh, it's so special for me that uh, he was there. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I'd be here today, to be really honest. Um, You know, that is so important. And I think that sometimes adults get so frustrated with kids these days who are struggling because they don't know what to do. And, um, you know, I think that's a real testament to adults who they need to step in, whether they are the parent or not, and they really need to um, just keep being there for someone. You know, and so when you actually um, met John Keogh, and, you know, John is one of the real um, fathers of human potential around creating your mindset, right? And he believes you can control your thoughts. Your mind has power, and we have to use it rather than allowing our mind to be in control of us. Talk a little bit about, you know, how you experienced that as a young person. Well, for me, it was really fascinating in the sense that, you know, I started to realize pretty quickly from John's work that all the negative self-talk and everything else that I was telling myself was truly me making a choice to do that. And I realized so quickly that you know what, here's a person that has massive potential, amazing opportunity. I mean, I started my first business when I was nine years old, and I saw the opportunity, I saw the potential, but then the stuff started to happen that got me so down. And I started to realize once I met John, he's like, well, Colin, it's just a choice you have to make. You can shift your thoughts. You can make, and when I say shift your thoughts, it's just make a choice to have different thoughts. And to look at things differently. And I started to look at things very differently when, you know, for me it's uh, really looking at, you know, the challenge I had around the bullying. I could have said, you know, these people that, these people, I, I, you know, I would be, you know, I'd leave school and I'd be, 
I've been bullied, I'm down, I'm negative, I'm not worthy, I'm a useless human being. All those things went through my head. When I met John, I shifted the, the, the story I was putting around that to, these kids don't know who they are. These kids are probably looking for attention themselves. These kids you know, are probably craving more attention than I'm craving. These kids don't know what they're doing. And you know what? I feel sad for them. And I, when I started to shift my way, I looked at that. I started to shift internally. And I, you know, I thank John Keogh a ton for, for flicking that switch in my head. And some people say, did it just flick in your head? It was one of those aha moments when I sat down and I said, if I don't change and I don't start making different choices, I will not be here and the world deserves my brilliance. Like, I believe mm. the world deserves everyone's brilliance. And that's not coming from a place of ego. That's coming from a place of every single person listening to the show today has, a, has brilliance inside of them, is a, is a genius within. They just got to let that out. And the self-talk that was killing me, was stopping me from doing that, um, when I realized that and I started to step back and allow it to show up, wow, did that shift my whole life and whole perspective. Hmm. Do you think that... Um it's easier for a young person to make that switch in their brain than it is for a lot of adults who've had years and years of practicing that muscle of, you know, the internal dialogue. Well, it's fascinating for me, Cheryl. I think that, you know, my answer to that would be yes in some ways. In other ways... There's a certain level of maturity that might be required in order to look at it, or frustration. We like, I just, I've got to change. Something, something has to shift in my life. You know, the challenging yeah. part with teenagers is our brain grows. You know, until I think I don't know exactly the number, but let's say until we're about the age of 24 years old, and yes. it grows about 20% within you know, two or three years during those teenage years. So a lot of times, teenagers don't even know who they are. Um, yeah, you know, they behave in a certain way, and, you know, and sometimes a teenager, if you challenge them on their behavior, will say, "I don't even know who I am because of this massive hormonal, the massive growth in the brain, but also uh, hormonal changes." So for me, it's I think that you get to a place of frustration eventually, where it's like either mm. I am going to take myself out of this world and disappear, or I need to flick flip a switch and go do something else, make different choices. I don't know if that is age dependent. I think uh, in the teenage years, yeah. it can be really, there's too much noise around the growth of the brain, uh, but yet at the same time, I think there's opportunity. I mean, kids are so influ- influential in, at, at a young age. With influence with the right stuff, I think they could be driven to another level. I think adults, the longer we hold on to these things, the more, the more we, we, we grasp onto them and make them become our complete belief system, which doesn't really serve us. Right. Boy, that's the truth, isn't it? So, so I'm going to... Switch gears and let's talk a little bit about what's happening in the global political world and especially um, in case you've been hearing anything about the U.S. political situation at the moment um, with the election. Do you have a perspective on what's happening with the general mindset of this country. Do you have a perspective on that? Yeah, very much so, <laughs> Cheryl. First of all, it's uh, being being Canadian, of course, not with this accent. People think it's a Canadian accent. Being, being a South African that's now a Canadian, you know, the American elections is our favorite American. It's our favorite soap opera right now to watch. You know, and, you know, we, we look at it all the time. We go, 
I can't believe what's happening in the States. So my perspective on this is, and what's made, which is really sad for me in the world, I think that a lot of times um, our leadership has gone from a we leadership to a me leadership. And that's what's frustrating me watching the American elections right now. I don't care who really, you know, who's at the top, whether it's uh, Clinton or uh, Trump. The sad part for me is it's become very much me-focused. So they, they focus on themselves. They focus on taking each other out. They're not focused on we as a country. What, can, what, what are we going to do when we get in to serve our people? And that's what's really sad for me. And, and I've seen this shift over the last 20 or 30 years in our society as a whole, we become very much a me society rather than a we society, and everyone's focused on themselves and embittering, them, and embittering themselves at the expense of our fellow man, and that to me is really sad. Mm. So, you know, where did we stop believing that somehow we had a responsibility to each other or a responsibility to our community? I mean, what happened in someone's life or the way someone's mind works? I mean, is it um, self-protection? Is it, you know, nobody's going to look out for me? I mean, think about the, the messages we give ourselves. And, you know, what, what creates that? Yeah, Cheryl, this is a fascinating topic. I'm going to go out on a limb here, so I hope I don't offend any of your audience or any of your Oh, listeners. no, 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 no. But the key thing for me is is that I think, you know, 20, 30 years ago, we were all about community. You know, we are all about, uh, you know, I was, I was raised by a stay-at-home mom. My dad went out to work. My mom worked sometimes part-time, what have you. And nowadays, with where the economy is and where things are at, both parents have to work. Otherwise, they don't survive and or yeah. don't even thrive. And I think that's where a lot of our challenges have come in is where both parents are working. Kids are no longer raised by any one of their parents are pretty much raised by others. And I yeah. think there's three words that we've lost completely from our society. And if we could bring those three words back, which are respect, responsibility, and commitment, I always say RRC, but if we could bring back those three words, you know, we wouldn't have all the lawsuits on the go. We would take, you know, we'd be responsible for what we do every single day. We would uh, respect each other and each other's property, and we'd be committed to our commitments, which sounds so ironic, but really as we... We say we have commitments, but people don't stay committed to them. So for me, those are the three words that have shifted over the last 20, 30 years that make me so sad because I watch kids out there that have no respect for, for each other, for, for people's property. And you know what? I think a lot of times even uh, our teaching professions have become it's – a, it's a profession. It's a job. It's not a vocation anymore. And I think that's sad in some ways. There's some beautiful teachers out there that do an amazing job, but there's some other teachers out there that's just a job. And you know, I start to look at where we're at in life and where we're at in society, and a lot of this has become because of them turning away from we as a community to me as an individual. And whenever we shift that back, we'll have a much more sustainable community and a much more sustainable way of living together as a community on this planet. Yeah, you know, I, I remember many years ago, many, many years ago, when it started to look like there were so many more lawsuits. People were blaming others for so much. And, and you know, there were situations where it was absolutely um, valid. It was justified. Um, for sure. And it seemed like it was, we were becoming a victim society. 
And I, I saw this evolution to where suddenly no one was responsible for their part, right? And no one was willing to stand up. And, and there were consequences sometimes when people stood up, and there still are. And yet um, it's almost as if we have lost this sense of what am I a stand for? You know, what, what are my values? I mean, e- even those three, three words, respect, responsibility, commitment, if people saw those as their values and said, this is what I'm going to stand for and this is what I'm going to practice and this is how I'm going to look at my day, you know, did I do this today? Did I not do this today? What got in my way? Um, you know, we could really be a different society. Yeah. I mean, that seems like a huge transformation to get to or get back to. Um, how do we do that? The big thing for me, Cheryl, uh, I agree with I mean, There's so many people, there's so many valid reasons for lawsuits and whatever that are completely justified. But I think it all goes back to the number one thing is the leadership. You know, the, the leadership of our countries, the leadership of our churches, schools, what have you, all going back to looking at more of a community base. And it really does start. It starts at the top with our presidents, our prime minister here in Canada, and presidents and what have you of other countries. It all comes down to their, what they do at the top goes all the way down, whether it's through the Senate or the different uh, committees. It's all them ha- adopting you know, a different way of looking at things because what happens mm-hmm. at the top goes down throughout, the, throughout our communities. We know that. It's just part of leadership. Absolutely. Well, we could have a long conversation about that and politics, but we're going to take a break. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, we will. Yeah, so we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Colin's break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my guest today, Colin Sprague, who is known as the Business Sherpa and the Business Acceleration Renegade. So, Colin, why are you called a renegade? 
That's a really good question, and I think that uh, you know, from my side, the real word renegade comes from not doing the things the same way that other people do things. And yeah. I like going out there, you know, calling a spade a spade, doing things the way it should be done. If it's a pile of poop, we call it poop. We don't put rose petals around it and call it something else. <laughs> you know, so for me, it's and also really creating a culture that's so different. I'm a big fan of creating an amazing culture in a business, uh, and I love to help companies do that as well. So for me, it's not doing the same old, same old way everyone else has done. Every single thing in my company here in, in Canada, as we grow globally, has different words, different, you know, I don't have a corporate structure. We're not a corporate company. I don't have departments. I don't have managers. All that kind of stuff I've changed because I know the world, we're in the 21st century now. We need to be a 21st century business. Right. And so how does your business look different than most? The key thing, as I'd say, the big thing that makes us different, number one, is we, we, we have core values in the company that we absolutely live, uh, live by. We hire, fire, review, and interview according to our core values. Uh, at the same time, we have pods. We, are, we don't have departments. We have pods, and each pod is named differently. So like our finance, you know, like a finance department in other companies, we call the abundance pod. You know, our client care department that they call in another company, we call our love pod to free our love and care for our clients in all different ways. So I'm, I'm part of the Prosper pod, which is the vision for the company. And, you know, it's each, we have all these different pods, different names. Uh, we don't, you know, because we do a lot of events, we don't talk about um, our students as butts in seats. We, call, we talk about them as hearts in seats. So everything, we've, re, we've reshifted the, the world around thinking how to, how to think outside of the box. Even when we, people talk about how to close more sales, we talk, we talk about how do we open more sales? Because when a client joins, your, joins you in your program, your product or service, whatever your, your listeners are selling, you don't close them. You actually open to them once they join you. And so we, talk, we call them opening techniques. So completely shifting the people's perspective because I believe so much in the power of words and the words that we use every day will generate our future. So we don't have an accounts receivable department. We have a happy money department or happy money pod <laughs> That collects our money for us, for people that are, you know, that, and you can see, even if you laugh, you can see the smile on your face when you're doing that. When you go to accounts receivable, you're like, ah, oh, it's so hard, it's so energy draining. We call it our happy money pod that goes out and collects some money for us that are people that are outstanding on money, but it just has such a beautiful energy about it. So everything's energy, and that's why we've shifted and uh, really become the renegade in this whole industry and in many industries. I love this, and I'm sure you're teaching other people about this, right? Yeah, very much. So our students fall in line with who we are. I mean, we 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 thirty eight thousand students strong now, and you know we continue to grow. And our, that's one thing our students get taught immediately: create the culture you want uh, to have in your business. And if people don't like the word cult, uh, you know the sad part is what is the first? What are the first four letters of culture? Cult. So you create your own cult where people you know, become evangelists for what you do, and that's what you really, really want in your business. I love that. And that. You know, that would be so much more fun for people and meaningful. You know, part of what goes on these days, people talk about how, as you said about teachers, it's just a job sometimes. And, you know, they, they say, you know, I put my time in. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. It's just paying the bills. And it sounds like you're saying, you know, that's all... Um, Shall we say an excuse or 
ignorance of what's possible, or how do you approach that? I think the key thing, Cheryl, is because so many people approach things from a perspective of, of I need to make money. So company owners are like, got to make money, got to make money, got to make money, and they forget their purpose. And, you know, the biggest companies in the world that have been the most successful currently are the ones that started with a purpose and then, oh, by the way, we can monetize this. And there were companies like Apple, Microsoft, Google, Twitter, um, a number of them that are out there, Facebook, all started with a purpose to do things for mankind in a specific way and then became billion-dollar companies. Uh, I believe that business owners spend too much time focusing on making money and not focusing on what, when they bring that money in, what that money can do for the people and how they can serve humanity and serve their clients. Hmm. So yeah, We live by the mantra, no. when you focus on dollars, you'll have money to count. When you focus on people, you'll have countless dollars. That's a fabulous phrase. I love that. So, you know, um, I live in Silicon Valley in California, and I am surrounded by people who are excited about life. And you walk down the street and you hear these conversations, I hear these conversations, where people are talking about possibility. And people are um, saying, and what if we did this, and what if we did that, and, you know, this wouldn't be hard to do, we could make that happen, and, I mean, they really think differently. And... The other side of that is the venture capital side, which, of course, makes a lot of this possible. And, you know, venture capital is, from the outside, all about making money, right? And many of them are very, very wealthy. And a lot of the startups um, work with them don't always end up being wealthy because it doesn't necessarily, you know, succeed as a company. Um, but what do you think about, I mean, I would say venture capitalists, private equity people, they focus on money, right? Yeah, they do, but a lot of them, if you, if you deal with certain venture capitalists, I mean, I do a lot of uh, investing in businesses and what have you myself as well, but the thing is, the first thing I, I invest in is the human being, number one, themselves, uh, yeah. and look at what they're doing, and also look at who the, what their core values are, who they are as human beings, what they do outside of the business, not just Will these people make me a ton of money? Some people look at it that way, um, Cheryl, but I know there's, a, there's people out there that there are VCs out there that love to make sure they're investing in the right people, the right product, the right service, and the right purpose. And I can tell you one thing. The, the world is shifting. It is becoming more conscious where it's not just how do we make a ton of money. For some, it's still that way, but at the same time, it's also very very conscious-based business. How, how can we make a difference on this planet? And that's shifting a lot in the VC world. I absolutely agree with you. And um, I know a lot of those VCs and I, who are that way. And I know a lot of the, um, and some of them are my clients, actually. And what I found interesting when I started working with them, and actually you know, I've worked with physicians and physician leaders for a lot of years, and they also... You know, people have this perception of them as um, uh, people who just don't listen. They, you know, really are hard-headed. They don't really have a heart. They just, you know, they just want things their way. And at the time I started working with physicians, um, people said to me, 
what do you mean you're going to do, you know, executive leadership coaching with them? They will never, they will never do any of this stuff. And I kind of was like, well, that's really strange because they, they are doing this stuff. So um, I, I don't know where you're getting that. And, and so, you know, people's perceptions really put someone else in a container that they don't, that, that they don't want to let them out of, right? And so that also is a perspective when people look at venture capitalists. And I dare say that a lot of that has a backdrop, and that backdrop is, comes from our relationship with money. And, you know, there is some sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle thread um, in many cultures where the gap between people who have a lot of wealth and people who don't have a lot of wealth, um, there is this sense that um, the people with a lot of wealth are evil because money is evil and they don't care about anybody. And the people who don't have wealth oftentimes stay in that space of, and I'll never be there. And besides that, my parents taught me that, you know, money's evil and rich people are evil anyway, so I won't do that. So do you see that there's a way to break through that? I mean, I really think this threat about money is, is important. I cannot agree more, Cheryl. I think absolutely that people can break through it. I mean, it's just a perception that people have developed over time, and it comes from uh, historical programming, whether from parents, grandparents, whoever raises the kids. You know, I always say you're either identical to your parents in many ways in terms of habits and, be- and behaviors, or you're 180 degrees to your parents and or whoever, mm-hmm. whoever raises you. The big thing for me, and, and I know I've seen this shift. I've, I've had people shift. You know, I, if we ever... You know, training people to think differently around money, think around how money can shift, how they can shift their attitude around money and the way people handle money. And, you know, I watch this happen every single day. And one of the things your listeners could really uh, maybe write down or remember is that judgment is costing them a fortune. And I don't think people realize every single day we are judging. We go, you know, we judge people because of their wealth. We judge people um, because we've always stereotypically seen them behave in a certain way, yet the world is changing. And that kind of stuff for me is, is so fascinating. Our programming around money is one of the most powerful things, but yet it also makes us judge things in a certain way. I always say there's only two kinds of human beings, those people that judge people and those people that are about to judge people. Because really at the end of the day, we do judge, and we've got to be careful it doesn't cost us a fortune doing it. Hmm. So do you have an example of something like that in your own life? Oh, absolutely. I mean, my, even in my own financial world, you know, i never forget when I first came to Canada nearly 20 years ago, I came, I, I got a job in Canada. That's how I got into Canada and or qualified to, to be an immigrant. Got in, I was earning $65,000 a year. And I was like, wow, this is, this is good money. I'm really happy with it. I got bonuses. And then eventually, about two and a half years later, I took that company over completely. And you know, I was starting to make you know, multiple, multiple six-figure income. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, I'm living an amazing lifestyle. I never thought I was even worthy of that. Even the programming in my body was different. And then only recently, I went to an event, and we did you know, nearly $250,000 in a day. And you know, I came home, and I walked into my home, and I had tears rolling down my cheeks. And my wife said to me, what's wrong? I said, what I used to make in a year, 
and I make four times that in a day. And mm. I said, there was programming in me that said I, was, I would never be able to do that. And that's the kind of stuff I help people work on because that's where people get stuck. And, you know, now do I have a programming around, can I make a million a day? Can I make two? Can I make five million a day? Absolutely not. I now know that I'm, I'm worthy of that. And I had to get over that one threshold. And that's what I help people really do is get over that threshold themselves. Because once you know you can do it, the world is your oyster. Um, that's lovely. So I know that you have trainings as product, right? Your company is called Make Your Mark Training Company. And how, how important is it that you actually have product to sell? Because your trainings are powerful, and that, of course, selling seminars, et cetera, is one part. But then there are other products in your business. So is there... Is there passive income plus active income? How much is reliant on you being present, etc.? Yeah, very good question. I mean, the thing, the thing, uh, when I first got into this industry, and I see people say, "Do you run seminars? Do you are you a training company? What are you?" We're actually virtually the Harvard University for the entrepreneur. You know, we have a two-year program that people plug into, um, and that used to be completely run by me. Every aspect of that. Uh, and sometimes up to about 140 events a year that I'd be doing. Now, you know, come January of 2017, I'll be able to reduce that, uh, you know, that amount of time in the business where I'll be out of our events by about 80 to 90%. And that's been because I put a plan together, I've structured it and organized it so that I don't have to be at all our events. We have a faculty team now on board that was all planned out, you know, four years ago. And we've got all that built out now so that my faculty will run events for me. Um, our groups and our accountability groups that are running all run by facilitators that are highly trained as well. Um, you know, I took the, when I first started out, I took the Make Your Mark, at Make Your Mark, I took the McDonald's uh, approach, uh, which sounds really funny, you know, the food industry to, the, to a training company. But really, McDonald's have a really great approach where Everything they do is highly, highly systematized, and that's who I am, number one. And then all our faculty, facilitators, what have you, go through Make Your Mark University, which is a one-week program to get them indoctrinated in our systems, our culture, our core values, what have you. And if they don't make it through that week, we don't, have, we don't, we don't take them on as faculty or as part of our um, team. So where McDonald's has Hamburger University. Everyone goes to Hamburger University to be trained, especially as franchisees, to work with McDonald's. And if you don't get to Hamburger University, you don't work with them. They won't even sell you a franchise. So we've taken that model into the training industry. And you know what, Cheryl? It's been amazing to watch. It's like our trainings continue to grow because we're not just selling individual courses. You know, most business owners will buy what they want not what they need. And we, we have a system where we plug them into some of the stuff they need. Like I mean, most of them need a business plan, but they want the sexy stuff like sales, marketing, social media, all the stuff that's sexy. But what they really need to do is put a plan together. So our whole system is designed to really plug people in. And in two years' time, they pop out at the end massively, massively successful. So... What about brands? And, you know, it's, in this industry, um, individuals often become the brand. And clearly, with your company, you are the brand. You are the face of Make Your Mark. And so it sounds like you've created a system where you can replicate yourself. 
often uh, people in this field have a sense that, well, if I'm the brand and people, you know, respond to me or I do things a certain way, how do I teach somebody to be me? And, you know, it, it sounds good when you say create systems, et cetera. Um, what do you think, I mean, how do you, how do you bridge that? Yeah, very. I can tell you very simply, and it sounds you might be you might be amazed by this, but for me, the number one thing that the listeners should realize is how you transfer the relationship. It's two things: transfer of relationship and transfer of trust. And every one of us, every one of our faculty members, um, I've done videos with them where I edify them. Uh, as who they are as a person, why they would be on my stage, how they've earned the right, what they've been through training-wise. I transfer the relationship from myself to them, saying that they are better than me, that we've chosen them to teach our marketing course because this person that's teaching my marketing course now runs my marketing for me and takes our marketing to the next level, which I'm no longer that focused on because I'm the visionary for the company. So not just getting the column Sprague, they're getting a better version of me uh, being on stage teaching that course, and that transfers the trust from myself to the students as well. And those are the two key things. When you do this and you do it really, really well, you transfer the relationship and the trust. Your students, um, they just see things differently. They, they start to embrace that person. But if you don't do the transfer of trust or relationship and someone just walks up on your stage and starts teaching, all of a sudden the students are like, where's Colin gone or where's the, the brand gone? I've yeah. now been able to still keep my brand, the Colin Sprague Harvard University system, we're going to call it that, for our, um, we call it the Business Sherpa system. The, the two-year program is still the Colin Sprague two-year program, but it's run by our faculty. And that's, we've taken a page out of all the different things, even the universities. I mean, you go to Harvard University, you don't go to Harvard University to see Professor Anderson. Yeah, that, you don't really care who the professors are. You trust that Harvard hires the right people and puts the right people in place to give you the best education. That's what we've done at Make Your Mark. And we've done these videos for each one of our faculty and our facilitators that transfers a relationship where our students, they don't see any different. They actually see an enhancement by getting those amazing people in front of them. That is beautiful. You know, I think that so often I, you never see things like that in organizations that are attempting to do what you're doing, attempting to expand. Are, are those faculty members, are they employees of Make Your Mark? Uh, some are. So that at, at certain times they'll step off their employment contract and uh, step into their faculty contracts uh, with us uh-huh. when they go to teach a course. Um, because we have separate rules around faculty versus uh, our team. Like we even at our office, we don't call them employees. They're team members at the office. And yeah. every one of our team members doesn't have a job contract. They have a bodge contract, which is a BOJ, which is the opposite of a job, which stands for beyond one's job. So our goal is eventually <laughs> all our team members will be abundantly, financially abundant because of Make Your Mark or go on to start their own business uh, but, you know, in some time, some time frame. So I'm always about how do we make our team to you know, get, to, how do we get our team to the next level? So for me, it's, um, they're not employed. A lot of times our faculty aren't, they're just contractors. A lot of our faculty are actually contractors, but very, very, um, we've, we've been like hand selected and gone through the MYM university to make sure they are the right people to put on stage in front of our team. Wow, there is so much to think about here, 
Colin, um, I think you're kind of blowing people's minds of what a business should be. We're going to take a break, and we'll come right back to leading conversations with, I guess, Colin's break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting. Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations with my very special guest, Colin Sprague. Okay, Colin, so now you have transformed businesses. And you are, you know, you are the business Sherpa. You're helping people to really go to not only the next level, but uh, probably many levels above and, and have happiness in their life while they're working really hard. Are they working 24 hours a day? I mean, what does their life look like? Their lives are pretty damn awesome. I can, be, I can tell you that. The, the thing is... <laughs> We teach, you know, we teach them, our tagline at Make Your Mark is business with soul. And really we've got down to saying to people, we're going to show you how to build a business where you have a very successful business and a successful family at the same time. So a lot of our business owners you have now got to the stage where they're working, you know, yes, they're working hard during the week, Monday to Friday. You're probably putting in, knowing typical business owners, good 12 hours a day, enjoying themselves. But then when it comes to the weekends, the weekends are theirs. And, you know, that's where we get people to. And then, of course, a lot of our business owners take off you know, a month or two a year uh, to go away, even sometimes three months a year uh, com- you know, t- in total to go away and just have quality time with their family members. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds very nice, you know. Um, and for those of us who have consulting practices and have for years, that's always been one of the perks. You know, it's like, yes, you are beholden to your clients, and you are in charge of that. So, you know, you can take time off if you want to. And so this fits really well with people who, you know, know how to have their own business, etc. Do you find that people who have a typical nine-to-five job have a hard time translating this into their life, making a shift? 
Yeah, very much so. And I, you know, the one thing I, I teach is you start off with seven Mondays a week, and hopefully you get down to seven Saturdays a week. That's my absolute ideal for everybody. <laughs> no. And, you know, when, I, when, when it comes to people that are in jobs that might be listening to the show and thinking about transitioning, my number one thing is never, ever have financial strain because financial strain impacts confidence in all areas of your life. So I always recommend work your, your J-O-B five days a week and then work your business on the weekends for as long as you can until your weekends start to make more money than your five days a week. Then you transition out completely. And some of the listeners might say, I could never do that. Work seven days a week. Here's the thing. If you're not prepared to do that, you probably don't have the entrepreneurial drive because entrepreneurs, once you love what you do, it doesn't become work. You know, and I right. think that's the key thing that people need to think about. Right, right. So, you know, there's always um, the trade-off with entrepreneurs. Oftentimes, they're great idea people. They're great in delivering the product. Um, they, you know, like to be the um, creator, and they don't like things like creating plans. They, they often are very spontaneous thinkers. They don't like things like having to market. They don't like things like how to, you know, having to track all the uh, financial pieces. So do you recommend that they hire people for that? And if they don't have the money, you know, yet, then how, how do you do that? Yeah, that's an interesting question, Cheryl. I think that you go through a lot of, I mean, people think that when you have to hire somebody, I also, number one, you need, to be, you need to understand your financials. You need to understand the money in your business. You're in business to make yeah. money. You know, you need to understand how to, to manage your money, how to um, really put your money in the right places. And if people are like, well, my bookkeeper manages my money or my accountant manages my money, you're crazy. You know, it really comes down to those are advisors to you, but you need to understand your money, which is a really important part. So for me, yes, you can outsource certain things, but be very careful in terms of outsourcing too many things in your business. You are, your, you are the business owner. You're in control of things. The challenging part that I see with lots of businesses, which I think people don't really see, is that hiring that first person does not have to be full-time. You can hire them one morning a week. There's brilliant stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads that would love work from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. most days of the week, you know, the weekdays. And you could hire them one morning a week, two mornings a week, and then grow with them. Always be thinking, well, if I put more time, like if I can get them, to hire them to do jobs, I would say, if, there's, if, you, if you're worth $100 an hour, why are you doing $15 an hour jobs? You, know, you should hire somebody for that so you can go out and do more $100 an hour work. And when, once you start that, you start to really see, well, once you get your first, empl- your first team member or employee on board, then the next step is, how do I get my first manager? Can I afford the first manager? Once your first manager, how can I afford my first director? And it never stops. You never stop having to go through those challenges of what, you know, how do I get the next person and can I afford it? A lot of times, it's what I look at the opposite way. You, can't, you, you cannot uh, not afford to do it because you've got to be able to grow your business. And if you're the best salesperson, sitting down doing invoicing and bogging down in administrative stuff that eats your soul away, you might as well hire somebody to do that for you so you can go do, be exceptional at what you do and uh, bring, in the, bring the income up dramatically in your company. So what's next for you? <laughs> what's next? There's a, there's a lot of things on the go. Uh, our next big, big uh, push will be to launch out the United States uh, with our program and actually going into Europe as well with our program. Um, we've become highly sought after 
by so many people, especially now having over 38,000 students here in Canada. Um, we'll be well into the quarter of a million, if not a million students within the States, I'd say within the next two to three years. So really just building that out, uh, Cheryl, getting everything to the next level, building everything out, um, and then also bringing – we're actually busy partnering with another company here in Canada on a fitness program to bring a fitness program in because, to me, health is a big part of our success. I released 50 pounds in the last uh, two years, and those 50 pounds have really helped me – double the revenues and double the profitability in the company. And, you know, I want to take that out now and really let people know it's not just about having a healthy business, but having a healthy body, healthy relationship, healthy spiritual side, everything, being a more conscious business owner. So this is really about whole life, right? Very much so, and completely. Yes, yeah, the whole person, which I think is, I agree with you, is so important because you cannot simply focus on making one area of your life better. Um, It's bound to spill over a little bit, and if you're not conscious of how it does and what you do with that, it could actually backfire. Um, And so I I know that you understand what that means, and we're going to have to do another show to talk about that. Um, But, you know, this has been an amazing conversation, Colin, and we're already coming to the end of our show. And I know that people are going to want to know a lot more about you. Um, where can they find you? The best place to find me, uh, Cheryl, and thank you so much for the opportunity, first of all, to be on the show. But the best place they can find me is, is at mym for makeyourmarksuccess.com. So mymsuccess.com at our main website. Um, or, and I'd, I'd, I'd love to invite the, the, anyone who listens to the call to contact us at clientcare at mymsuccess.com, which is our main uh, email address, clientcare at mymsuccess.com. And I will gift all your listeners um, one or two tickets. They're worth $1,498 to come to one of our three-day events, which is life-changing. It's not one of those pitch-fest events where it's continuous selling stuff. It's a life-changing three-day event. If you want your business to go to the next level, I guarantee you you'll get to the next level by going through this business mastery power and new event. So if you email us at that clientcare at mymsuccess.com and just put in the subject line, uh, send tickets, we'll make sure we get you booked in and and, uh, out to either Vancouver, Calgary, or Toronto. Don't let the destination be your challenge. Even if you're from wherever you are in the world, it'll be really worth your time and money to come out. And more than welcome to phone us anytime and chat about it too. And our phone number is directly on our website as well. Colin, that's quite a generous gift. Our Leading Conversations listeners will love this. Thank you so much for being here and being so generous with your time and with your knowledge and everything you do in your life is a gift. I'm I'm honored to have you here today. Well, it's been my pleasure, and thank you for yeah for having me on the show. And uh, if I can be of service in any way to you, your team, or anything else, let me know. And uh, big hugs to you and to all your listeners. And remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. 
Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.